Yeah. Your caseload does not need to be over a hundred, but your salary should be. Yes. (laughs) Love it. Yes. Hashtag money batch. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, tired SFP. time for coffee tea and three SLPs. Oh, I had like a really awkward phone interview when I was like for like right fresh out of grad school. I had this really awkward phone yeah. interview where like the guy, the interviewer asked me if I thought the MCAS was equitable like our state standardized testing if it was equitable and he was someone he definitely didn't know what an slp was like at all because he asked me such teacher questions and i was like well when it comes to the mcas you know i think i don't think it's very equitable because a lot of the students that i would work with don't even take it because they can't access it so to me that seems like it's not very equitable and also um, I do believe we can kind of look at student progress not related to a standardized test. And he was like, yeah, hmm, okay, so I guess you're not really sure. We do think the MCAS is equitable here at our school. And I was like, okay, I, Whoa. I don't know what to do with that information. I'm like, oh, okay, that's inter- that's a really different perspective than what I have. So obviously I didn't get that job or that an offer. an unexpected turn of events. Um, yeah, I, I remember being like, wow. That, that, that sounds like a, almost like a gotcha moment. It was a gotcha moment. It definitely yeah. was because I wasn't even done with my sentence completely before he was like, yep, so that's interesting. It seems like you're unsure. Uh, we do think that MCAS is equitable. And I was like, okay. Yeah, it's just interesting because I remember thinking like, what does this have to do with being a speech therapist? Because as a speech therapist, it's not like you're doing MCAS prep with your students. Yeah. Well, yeah. unless you work in a tiny charter school and they make you proctor. Oh, yeah. And God. they make you, yeah, miss treatment sessions for two to three weeks. So oh, my God. Do the administer and proctor the state standardized test. That's crazy. But your, your story, Julie, reminded me of... Um, an interview that I'd had in a, a public school district and um, the room that they brought me to, to interview me in used to be a bathroom and <laughs> it had tile on the walls and it had a sink. There was no toilet. Oh my God. But it was a bathroom and they brought me into this room. This poor district like really was deeply underfunded oh no uh, so this was like their interview room and someone made a comment about like oh like this used to be a bathroom as you can tell and I was like yeah this is totally normal this is what all job interviews are like okay in a bathroom and um yeah we had the interview just acting like we were in a place where people would like go to the bathroom (laughs) um and then I didn't end up I don't think I ever heard back from them and because this was Mm -hmm. for my CF year and I don't think they had a CF supervisor or something and Mm. it was it was like very there was a lot of just chaotic things about that interview yeah imagine they interviewed in a room that used to be a bathroom imagine what your office would have been like (sighs) 
<laughs> just like, like when- one toilet. <laughs> <laughs> you your office is the stall in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you'll see students. And if you want the OTs in the other stall, we have the option to take down this in between border here and then very private like stalls mm-hmm. you can do <laughs> all your paperwork right here you can don't hit that toilet. button you can sit on the toilet and put your laptop like this and it makes a very we like to say cozy cozy working space and oh you'll have yes no, you'll have no distractions you spls love good acoustics right <laughs> great acoustics in here mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god so my dirty chai is from last year uh, at Asha when Brittany and I were, were just hanging out in the lobby at Asha and my supervisor comes up because she was also at Asha <laughs> and she sees me and I was like, hey, and she was like, hello. And she's like this short old lady who's like very funny and nice and straight to the point. And she looks at Brittany, didn't even introduce herself, didn't say hi. She just looks at Brittany and said, do you want a job? oh yeah and I was like this is my friend Brittany and she's like yeah do you want a job (laughs) Brittany was like actually I live in Rhode Island but thank you oh my god do you want a job wow they must have needed SLPs oh yeah they'll hire you on the job immediately I got hired at the interview I think they hire everyone at the interview you will get hired in Baltimore City wow so if you want a guaranteed job, apply to Baltimore City, one, because we need you, and two, because you will get hired. So. This is a really good interview tip when you're interviewing in a new place. Say, I heard it's really easy to get a job here. So do you want to hire me? That's how you should start. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, when I met Kyla's, uh, who was she? Your boss? Your supervisor? She's the, yeah, the head supervisor. When your head supervisor talked to me at Asha. She didn't even ask me if I was an SLP. She, I was just a body at the Asha conference and that was enough. No C's involved, no SLP, no acronyms involved. Just, yeah. And if you said yes, that would be serious. You would take down your information and you would be hired. (laughs) You would be working there next week. Unbelievable. Wow. Well, I guess if I ever move to Baltimore, I'll, I know I have a job lined up. You got a job lined up. We support our, our SLPs well, I think. We have a good mentor program for all SL, new SLPs in the district. Even if you're not a new SLP, you still have mm-hmm. a mentor. Um, yeah, you're very well supported here. So mm-hmm. here's my little plug for Baltimore City. Uh, nice. Yeah, grad students and undergrads, come on, come on over. We'll support you. Come on down to Baltimore City. Job talk. Let's get into it. It's my job talk. Job talk. So, how the heck do you get a job? And I, I was trying to go for like Boston, I don't know, New York first, and then it turned into Anna Delve. Like the. Oh. I was going for Linda from Bob's Burgers. I already wired you the money. Yeah. <laughs> That's HR to us. <laughs> that was so good. Her, right? That was good. That was really good. Okay. But for real, job, let's talk about jobs, I guess. Because I remember 
uh when we first graduated from grad school i think that was the most stressful thing for me is oh my gosh i need to get a job like yesterday i need to get a job <laughs> So, yeah, I was very stressed about it and I wasn't sure. I don't know, I really wasn't sure what to expect, I guess, cuz I was like, are there even going to job are there going to be jobs available for me? Cuz I really wanted to work with kids and then you're limited to what jobs will accept a CF. So, yeah, what did, how do you guys feel about finding jobs? Well, I moved So that was its own thing. And that was very stressful because I was moving to a place I had like really never been to before. Um, and I was open to moving. Like we were thinking like Philly, Baltimore, DC, like there were some cities. And then I was like, okay, I can't apply to like jobs in multiple cities. Like I knew applying to a school, honestly, they would hire me um, because I also wasn't applying to any like special schools. I was applying to public schools. Like I, I knew I would get hired. So I was like, let me just narrow down where I want to live first. And so once I narrowed it down to Baltimore, I applied to Baltimore City and then I applied to two um, close like counties in the area just to, you know, make sure that I get all my bases covered. And then I just didn't. I think over the course of two days, I visited here. I didn't even move here yet. I visited here, did my job interviews, um, and went back home to Massachusetts and um, just, yeah, went off of the the interviews. So, um, I mean, <laughs> it, it was actually kind of funny when I interviewed for Baltimore City, like I was saying with my supervisor, she'll hire you on the spot. But I didn't know that at the time. And it, mm -hmm. it like kind of seemed like she hired me on the spot, but I like couldn't tell. So mm -hmm. after that interview, I was like, wait, am I did I just accept a job here? Because this was even <laughs> before I applied to the other counties. Mm -hmm. So I yeah, she said something like, OK, are you what did she say? It wasn't like, are you down? <laughs> <laughs> It was along the lines of being like, okay, are you like open to this or are you ready? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, all right, great. And I was like, great. And then I was like, wait, did I just accept this position? Like, <laughs> it's actually very confusing. Oh my gosh, that is kind of confusing. I'm not gonna lie. And then Imagine I just, interview. every interview ended with, so are you down? <laughs> Yes, no. Yeah, you down? Sign. Yeah. Um, and then I, the other two places that I interviewed at, um, one of them, I just didn't like the interviewer. It was like a weird situation. And the only good thing she could tell me about the district was we have the shortest school days in the area, the shortest work days. And she just kept saying that over and over again. And that was like the only good thing she could tell me. And I was like, okay, that's fine. But that also doesn't help me because if I have a caseload of a certain number, I don't care that my days are shorter. That just means I have to like squish everybody into a shorter time. Like that doesn't, mm -hmm. that's not good news to me. Um, so I didn't, you know, I wasn't, I didn't want to work there. And then the other district I really, really liked, but um, it was just far away. It was like a 40 minute drive or something. And mm -hmm. I was like, mm -mm. so that's how I landed here. You bring up a good point, Kyla, like during your interviews, as I started having more and more of them, you can really tell if your interviewer knows what a speech therapist is and or if they have no idea what a speech therapist is. 
for their school. Like it just becomes as you talk or go through your interview, it becomes really apparent. And then that's kind of, I think, what helped me make my decision at the end. Um, because my for my for the first public school district I worked at, I was, excuse me, interviewed with the head of the speech department and the head of the special ed department our director of special ed and she was also a speech therapist for a long time before be taking a director position um so that was i thought the most uh not pressure but most relevant interview i guess but i also felt a lot of pressure because they knew what they were talking about when they asked me questions so the interview questions are so different if you're being interviewed like by an SLP supervisor. Well, I guess sometimes they are exactly that, that point of like, does the person who's interviewing you actually know what you are? Like, do they call you an SLP or an SPL? Um, like <laughs> right. these are, it, it's totally different. And mm. it's so funny. Cause, cause, um, working in my fiance works in tech and their interview process is usually like very like you have the first interview and then you have like this demo you have to do and then you have like you have to prove yourself it's like it seems very difficult um and it's so funny I feel like in our field it can be really difficult sometimes and like you might have the interview mm -hmm. with the HR person then the interview with like director of special ed and then an interview with an SLP like it could totally be that kind of like scary comprehensive um like three part interview or it can just be like are you down um and we need you so i don't really know do you want a job <laughs> yeah it is yeah i feel like also i think our program tried their best to prepare us but there really is no preparing you i feel like I don't know. How, what do you guys think? Because I felt like no amount of preparing was going to prepare me for an actual interview with an actual person for an actual job. Well, I feel like being prepared to talk, like, to be really knowledgeable about your strengths and weaknesses, just like general interview questions to like know how to talk about yourself, and know how to like succinctly talk about your experience um is is a skill in any sort of interview process and then also mm -hmm. knowing like doing research beforehand on like what you guys said who is actually interviewing you so you can be more prepared with that but then also what kind of programs that does the district have like I was looking into different like schools and different like special ed pr like programs and different classes that kids are in so like really familiarizing yourself with those specifics can mm -hmm. help you just be I think just be more knowledgeable and confident in your interviews totally those are some great tips Kyla yeah I love those tips and mm -hmm. the part about strengths and weaknesses I feel like the weaknesses Pete question is always so hard to answer and I don't actually remember if I was asked like that strengths and weaknesses question specifically but I saw online the other day um, this video about how to answer 
the weaknesses question in an interview and this person gave great advice and said like give a specific instead of being like I'm a perfectionist or I Mm -hmm. work so hard and blah 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 like give a specific example of something and how you're working on it so for example I, I was thinking for me um I might say something like um I really like to work on a team. So if I'm given something to do independently, I can definitely do it. But I've learned that I need accountability checks from other team members to check in throughout the time that I'm working on this. Um, I don't know. This wouldn't maybe Mm -hmm. necessarily translate to what we do as SLPs in schools, like treating and assessing all the time. Um, But I liked that idea of telling us, maybe telling a specific story about your something that you're working on and then specifically what you're doing to work on it. Cause I feel like that comes across as more relatable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And going off of that, just like thinking of specific stories of a time when like you did something and something went really well, a story about a time that you collaborated with other professionals and a story about a time when something didn't go the way that you planned and how you handled it, I think are three stories to have in your mind before mm-hmm. an interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's great something advice. that you did successfully, collaboration and something that didn't go the way you planned and how you handled it. Those were the three. That's actually good. I feel like for any job, you'd want to have those three stories ready to go. And then if you're applying for jobs after your grad school experience then you should really try to make them like focused around your practicum i guess yeah i mean these are broad enough where like even if they ask you a different question you still have like these stories in your mind that you can kind of go off of Mm -hmm. to answer their question even if their question's a little bit different you know you just Mm -hmm. have something in your mind just in case so you don't like draw blank (laughs) right Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I definitely got a question um, about behaviors. And I feel like that's along the lines of that third question of something that maybe didn't go well and how you handled it. I remember getting questions in interviews about um, if you have a child with like, who's, um, who has some significant behaviors in some way, how would you handle that? Um, And I think that that's probably a common question for at least pediatrics in our field like if you're working with children you'll probably be asked that question Mm -hmm. Uh, or even adults I can imagine like you know challenging situations you've been in with adults and how you've handled it so yeah Mm -hmm. definitely good to have those stories ready I think what's tricky when you're coming out of grad school is that you don't really have independent clinician experience yet but if they ask you a question where you're like, oh, my God, I haven't been in that placement or I haven't really this hasn't happened to me because my supervisor was there to sort of mitigate it, then I, I think at least try to be prepared on how you would say, you know, I haven't had that experience yet, but here are skills that I have that would help me in that situation because um, that's always helpful. I I thought anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how did you guys, I guess, oh yeah, we all started off working in schools. So why did we all pick schools? Well, Brittany and I are required to work with kids. Mm. Um, I mean, that's not the only reason why, but we are, after our research program, we have to work like 51% of our caseload has to be kids for the next, like, Mm. I don't know, six years or something like that. 
Oh, you're almost yeah. done. Just one more year. I think it's four four years. And oh, so we did it. Yeah, so we're good. Oh, sweet. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. so now you can work with adults if you wanted to. So, but you could have gone into like private practice or you could have gone into um, pediatric inpatient, pediatric outpatient. So why did you pick schools? I had no pediatric or like private practice experience in grad school. So schools is just like what I knew. Mm -hmm. And that was the direction that I saw myself going in anyway. And then also I felt like that was the position that would hire me Mm -hmm. the easiest um, specifically public schools. So that's, that's why I went into that. Cause I was like, maybe this is temporary. Maybe this is permanent. I don't know. I'm just going to go ahead with this right now and see if I like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. What yeah. about you, Brittany? I think it was kind of similar. I was definitely open to private practice or outpatient clinics, but I've really, I've kind of only been interested in the like language piece of our field. Um, And so I knew I didn't want to be in a place where I would have to do like feeding, swallowing or um, I don't know. I, I I think I chose it just based on like the um, type of intervention that I'd get to do each day. Um, And I had no EI experience. And so I just never did a placement in EI or had any experience with birth to three. Um, so, uh, yeah, but I remember um, the, I chose the schools that I ended up applying to and, and the jobs I ended up getting. Well, let me back up my CF year. I had two part-time jobs and together that was the equivalent of one full-time job. So I worked at one school three days a week and another school two days a week. And I ended up choosing these schools basically um, by putting feelers out there. So this is also something I recommend is like reaching out to places that placements that you've had in the past, or um, at one of these schools, I had actually done some of my observation hours before going to grad school. So this was like two years prior to when I was applying for jobs, I ended up emailing this school that I had observed at and just said like, Hey, are you hiring? And they happened to say yes. And then, so I got, um, I started talking to them again and then I got that job, but that job was only three days a week. Um, and then I was in this, like, I said yes to it, but I was in this interesting situation where I now had to find a school or a place that would hire me for two days a week and would have like a CF supervisor there to supervise me. So I don't recommend going this route, but miraculously it did work out because my, uh, fiance, he's my fiance now at the time, who's my boyfriend, my boyfriend's mother's friend's friend was an SLP at the school that I ended up working at. And she, her, the, the, the boyfriend, mother's friend's friend ended up being my CF supervisor and a great CF supervisor. Um, but it was, it was a random, really wow. random connection. So you never know, just like tell people you're looking for a job and these connections might find their way to you and get you a little bit quicker in the door for an interview or something. Mm-hmm. What was the question? What were we talking about? Yeah, there was, um... why do we choose schools? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I chose them because of my boyfriend's mother's friend's friend. Um, 
I was going to say too, like, I remember that summer that we were applying for jobs, I was still working at, you know, department store. And there was a customer I was cashing out at the register. And we were talking because she asked you like, Oh, are you Middle Eastern? And I was like, Yeah, she's like, Oh, I'm Middle Eastern, too. And we got to kind of chit chatting. She's like, What do you do? I was like, I just graduated to be a speech therapist. And she was like, Oh, my gosh, do you read and write in Arabic still? And I was like, No, I never learned. But she was like, oh, if you knew how to read and write Arabic, I'd have a research job for you, right? Like that you could accept right now. And I was oh like, my oh, my gosh. No, I'm sorry. Don't like I don't. She she did the Middle East thing like, oh, oh what a shame. <laughs> shame on you. You need to learn to read and write Arabic. <laughs> but yeah, it was kind of crazy. Yeah, you just don't know who around you or who you'll run into that will have an opportunity ready for you. Wow. So, and especially now there's an SLP shortage. So if you're about to graduate, like you'll, you're set, you'll be fine. There's no need to stress too much. But I picked a school because I remember I was like, you know what? I really want to enjoy my summer after grad school. I just want to ease into it. I know I want to work with kids and, um, that's why I applied to schools because I was like, that's the only job where I can have the summer off before I start my adult job. So the that's why I picked schools. But it's awesome. Sweet it's so schedule. undefeated. It yeah, is undefeated. I always forget about that as a perk, but like summer's off. Hello. Yes. Summer's off is unbeatable. An entire week in, in the winter and an entire yeah. week in the spring. Hello. Yeah. My boyfriend's in um, he works at an engineering company and he only gets like the day before Christmas and the day after Christmas or something off. Um, but he can work remotely. So, you know, he can take his remote days, but still, yeah, not a lot of professions or placements have that flexibility or that, that break time just built in. That is a nice perk. Um, have we changed? Yeah, I've changed a job. Have you, you guys have changed? No, Kyla, you haven't changed a job. Brittany, you changed um, a job. Yeah, my situation changed from my CF year to my first or my second year working as an SLP. So the the school that I was working at two days a week ended up hiring me full time. So I left the other job to work at that school um, full-time mm-hmm. and work with some more grades there. Cause for my, in my CF year, I think I was only working with grades three to six. And then when I was full-time, it was pre-K to six. Um, so that was sort of like a job change. And then now into PhD land, it's all totally different. Um, yeah. And then I, I remember toying with the idea of like trying to do per diem stuff, not in a hospital, but maybe at an outpatient AAC clinic. Um, because, uh, I just went through different waves of when I was working as a clinician where I'd be like, I don't know, languages. It's kind of like all the different personalities I put on in college, but as like an SLP, I was like, I'm going to be the language (laughs) SLP. I'm going to be the literacy SLP. Wait, I'm going to be the AAC SLP. And like, would randomly look for different per diem <laughs> jobs that would allow me to like do this specific niche thing that I was trying to adopt as my personality. Uh, but I don't think I ever, well, I ended up working. I actually did end up working part-time doing speech and language evaluations, uh, which was very cool. Um, 
And I really recommend if you like doing evaluations, look for maybe a, a multidisciplinary team that ha- that um, does SLP evals because that was really cool, really cool experience. So yeah, my last year working full-time at the school, I was also doing speech and language evals on the side for a neuropsych team. And that was very cool. So not so much a job change, but like shifts in where I was working and how much I was working there. That's great you bring it up because I feel like it's so important for people to know coming out of grad school, like your SLP career career can actually look however you want it to look. Like once you've done your CF year and have your C's, you don't have to get a school job or a inpatient job, outpatient and fit kind of that mold or you can really just kind of, if you have an idea for a private practice or you want to do a consulting business only, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily recommend consulting until you have more experience, (laughs) but yeah, you can, there are lots of things you can do as an SLP that aren't, that don't involve applying to a job that's there, if that makes sense. Like you can be creative in what you want to do. So like, if you want to start an AAC clinic, you can just go for it. You can, you know, there's nothing to stop you. I, I definitely look up like how to start a business and get the business end of it, but you can do that. Julie is the queen of carving a career that you want to have and not falling into like the mold. Cause I remember you telling us, I don't know, like last year we were talking sometime where you were like in grad school, there are like four places you can go. You can go to a school, you can do private practice, you can be in a hospital or you can be in a sniff. And those mm-hmm. are your options. But I remember Julie just being like, no, you can do so much more than that. There's so mm-hmm. many other ways that you can carve out your career mm-hmm. where if, you, if you don't want to be stuck in those four specific places. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think they're good places to start because you're going to need experience no matter what. So just get some experience. But then like, I don't know if you're like, I don't want to be an SLP for a long time. Um yeah, I'd rather just like sell products. Then you can start like looking into how to create a product or how to sell things on Teachers Pay Teachers to start and try to like grow a following. I don't know. I just feel like sometimes in grad school that's not talked about enough is that you can, you don't have to necessarily have a career that other SLPs have. Like you could still be really unique in your career. Another thing that I think every SLP grad student should know is that no matter what job you're applying to, you can accept it. And even if you've accepted the job, it's not too late. Just always negotiate your pay. Never, ever, 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 ever accept the first pay that they offer. Julie is also the pay negotiation queen. (laughs) I don't know if I would say that, but um, I just think... even like the students that I've had between my student last year and my student this year, I just, I don't know, I spent so much time talking about like how to negotiate your pay. Because if you're going into a school or you're going anywhere, you know, the person you're going to talk to about your pay isn't an SLP. It's just an HR person. Well, not just an HR person, but it's an HR person. And they're going to offer you the lowest they can offer you. Whatever career, whatever place you're in, however experience you have, they're just going to offer you the lowest they can. Um, And it's kind of on you to kind of prep how to negotiate for higher pay because it's not just like you could, it could be like a $20,000, $15,000 a year difference. Um, Mm -hmm. And when you're fresh out of grad school, that makes a lot of, that does make a difference. 
Oh yeah. And be warned, you might get a phone call and that phone call might be the head of school, the school that's hiring you Mm -hmm. hypothetically. And then they tell you really excitedly that you got the job and then they tell you the salary and then they ask you if you want it. And then you might very enthusiastically say, yes, of course. Thank you so much. This is great. (laughs) And then the interaction ends and then you realize, wow, they offered me beans less than less less than forty thousand dollars full-time equivalent hypothetically afterwards you realize that crap that's uh the time when you say thank you so much uh let me get back to you Mm -hmm. and then you go you go into google search mode slp salary your state your city whatever do research okay is this what they offered me lower about right should I ask for more Mm -hmm. that's when you do all that research Mm -hmm. instead of hypothetically just saying yes thank you so much I can't believe Mm -hmm. anybody would ever hire me I'm gonna I'm desperate for a job and I'm gonna accept right now it's okay like if they say hey we want to give you this job here are all the salary and benefits you can say I accept the job but I need some time to think about the salary Mm -hmm. um is there another H HR representative or is there someone I can speak to in a couple days to hammer out the details like they're not gonna say oh you know what actually um we're Take taking back. that job offer back <laughs> you know they're not gonna do that like the worst they could say just no this is what we have to offer and then you can say yes or no to that job it's not mm-hmm. you know it's not like the worst. literally the worst thing even HR can say so at my new job I asked for like twenty thousand dollars more because why not right why not just ask for 80,000 and mm-hmm. see if you can get it <laughs> from yeah. a job that didn't offer you that. So I was like, you know, I really think with my experience, like I'd like $80,000 a year. I think that's more representative. And um, they said no, but they gave me a middle <laughs> between what they offered and what I asked for. Like, it's okay to ask for a ridiculous salary and just see what happens. <laughs> they're not just going to take away. They're not going to be like, you know, we just don't think you're actually going to be a very good SLP. Okay, bye. Don't ever speak to us again. They're, yeah, they're not gonna. They're no. not gonna say, "Oh, never mind," and then reduce the salary that they already even yeah. lower. Actually, yeah. we're gonna give you five thousand dollars less than what we are just right. for asking. And it makes me think of I forget where I learned this or who told me this, but I think this is a really helpful tip, no matter where you're at in your career. Um, when you're negotiating salary they're going to try to get you sometimes they'll try to get you to give a number but you should try to get them to give a number first so um you can say something like when they say okay so how much how like what is about the range of salary you're expecting from this job when you're speaking with an hr person but what you can say is you know i've done some research i've looked into and i have a range but, um, you know, what is it? I have a range in mind, but I'm, I'd like to hear what you're thinking first. So just try to throw it back on them to give you a range and then be prepared with why you deserve higher. Even if you don't think you do, just be ready for reasons and then ask for a higher salary. Like if they say, oh, for a CF in a school, we'd offer like 40 to 50,000. 
be like, oh, you know, based on my research and my extra credits that I did and my clinical experiences, I really think that I it's I should be earning at least sixty to seventy thousand a year. And then they might say yes, or they might say no, but it doesn't matter. They'll they'll at least give you a little bit extra, hopefully. Yes. But, and if they say no, then at the end of the day, you tried, but like you could be missing out on so much money. Like uh, my first job, they offered me $42,000 a year and I negotiated up to $56,000 a year. Um, and that's a $16,000 difference that if I didn't negotiate it, I would have missed out on all that money. Mm -hmm. So you gotta, that's the thing. I feel like SLPs, like we said last time, I really wish we had some sort of more business um, course or something to get us in that mindset because the person you're going to talk to about your pay isn't going to be an SLP most of the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I wish we talked more about like actual numbers because mm -hmm. I remember we've had like guests and people come talk to us about jobs, but they were very, very vague because we're afraid to talk numbers. And mm -hmm. so I didn't like, even after all of these job talks, I still had no idea what I was supposed to be making. Mm -hmm. And like, I had no idea, like, like what's acceptable, what a raise might look like, you know, I, I just, there were no numbers involved. So I still mm -hmm. felt lost. Mm -hmm. Yes. I remember being really frustrated by that because mm -hmm. it's so hard to know what's reason like mm -hmm. 80,000 isn't ridiculous. Like we should it's be not. earning mm -hmm more than even more than that like we have master's degrees we're super specialized um and for the record social teachers like we're all in this together and and i think it gets muddy because in a hospital you could be making uh, but you still have to i guess what i'm trying to say is you still have to know what would be reasonable for your setting like in a hospital job you could be making six figures and that would not be that that's just like you work in a sniff you could definitely be making one hundred ten thousand dollars, and you have some years of experience like that's not ridiculous but yeah if you're a CF applying for a job at a school. I don't know if I would ask for $110,000, but it also like depends on where you're working. Like in California, mm -hmm. the median mm -hmm. SLP salary is so much higher than for example, in Rhode Island. Uh, but the cost of living is also so much more expensive in California. So you can make six figures in a school mm -hmm. in California. And it's just very hard to know. There are so many nuances. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think across the board, we just can't be afraid to like ask for more. And yeah, um, yeah the the original number that mm -hmm. I was offered that I ended up accepting because I did not know how to negotiate uh, was um, the, the full time equivalent was about thirty nine thousand dollars. And uh, it, mm -hmm. it's just appalling. Um, it's so bad. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, definitely negotiate, then, negotiate, negotiate. Yeah. And whatever you accept, I learned this too, whatever you accept, it's like, that's where you're going to start. And it doesn't mean, oh, well, next year I'll renegotiate. So to 80,000, like if I had 40, I accepted 40, but I know now I should be making 60 to 80. It's so much harder once you've accepted your starting salary to bump up. But I would still say, even when it's time to um, review your benefits and salary package, you can still negotiate it. Um, 
you can like I at my job here my current job I negotiated for my personal and six days to be interchangeable so they wouldn't give me um a salary bump I was like hey you know is it okay I'm thinking can we talk about like my personal days I only have two but I have like 10 sick days I don't need to do sick days I really think this is time I'm going to lose out on and I'm not going to get a payout at the end so can I use those interchangeably and they're like yeah that makes sense so now I have like 15 personal days wow so <laughs> you Smart. can't always I don't know I just think I I think sometimes too because we're <laughs> the shitty ass patriarchy we're told you're a woman you should be happy you're making any money at all <laughs> be happy we get to let you work <laughs> so yep. your your job is actually a calling so you should be you don't do this job for money you do it because you love it right <laughs> but anyway like i think we just get told that over and over that we think negotiating is bad but like it's not and a part of me Brittany, to go back what you said a part of me is like you know what why not just ask, show up, they offered you a job, just ask for the 100 case, ask for the six figures, see what they say. Why not? Because they could just say, oh, ha, no, we really can't do that. But at least you asked. I don't know. But what if they say, yeah, we could, we could try. We have that budget. Yeah. School district, districts in California, could they go into mm -hmm. the six figures? Like, and this is all right. publicly so available information. So yeah. Yes. yes. Is that what you're going to say? That's what I was going to add is public. Yeah. Public schools have their salary and they're like ladder online, mm -hmm. at least for the previous year. So you can look up like different districts and compare between the two. Yeah. I think that is the most important thing about when we start talking about jobs is, you know, you're going to learn how to get interviewed. You're going to learn how to respond over time and what responses you feel comfortable with. But that negotiating piece and thinking about your benefits is so hard because it's not something you've been talking about for six years, you know? Yeah. And I like the idea of just like pausing um, and like when, when they offer you the job and just being like, wow, thank you so much. Um, mm -hmm. I'd like to take a few days to think about this. Um, and then prepare your answer, like Brittany mm. said, versus being like, yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, it's it's so true. That is such a good it's always good just to just to take a second to be excited, but then ask for a little extension to really think about, OK, what did I actually like about this interview? And what could I ask for? Yeah. And if you can, talking to other SLPs who work there mm -hmm. is a really good idea. So whether that's before the interview or before you give your final decision mm -hmm. to that place, um, anytime you can talk to other SLPs there who aren't maybe directly involved in the interview process is also a good idea. Um mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it, that's also advice that I got for thinking about this is totally different, but thinking about PhD labs to work in is like talk to students who are working in that lab. Um, and then that'll give you the best um, idea of what what it's actually like to work there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, man, know your worth. You Yeah, you're right, Brittany. You have a master's. We're super specialized. Like, I think it's egregious that anyone even like offers us less than at this point like 60 mm -hmm. 
like yeah. really in our in our economy don't accept anything less than 60 <laughs> or are, really try not to like super licensed and certified like we all have mm -hmm. like there's asha there's your state license there's in for to work in rhode island you need the department of health license you also mm -hmm. need the rhode island department of education license like we have I'm, like binders full of licenses this is <laughs> right <laughs> not right like this it's... is a very skilled thing that yeah. we need to that we're trained for yeah and these licenses aren't free Mm -hmm. no, That's if they won't give you a salary increase then they should pay for your annual asha uh renewal mm. dues or whatever they call it. asha dues mm -hmm. whatever um i don't know yes. i just i for a while at one of my jobs i was so scared to ask them to pay for certain things so even after i was working there salary aside there was this culture around me of like, oh, don't ask for money. Like, oh, there's no money. Don't ask for money. Like, mm -hmm. it would be so rude to ask for money. Um, and I wanted to go to ASHA one year. And um, I'd been hearing just like, no, never. Don't do it. Don't do it. They won't pay for it. Don't do it. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to I'm going to do it. And then they did. I mean, they didn't fund the whole thing, mm -hmm. but like they yeah, they reimburse the registration fee. And so like, you just have to ask sometimes. And I think, right. Yeah. Just, just try it. It doesn't hurt to try. You're not going to mm -hmm. get fired for like asking for your employer to pay for a professional development conference that will make you better at your job. Worst they can mm -hmm. do yeah, is my say no. Paid for Asha, and mm -hmm. I didn't even know that another, uh, another SLP told me, cause I was thinking about going to Asha and she was like, Oh, ask the school if they'll pay for it. I think they will. And I was like, oh, really? Like, I, I didn't even think about mm -hmm. that. And they did. They funded the whole thing. They reimbursed me for my hotel. Wow. They reimbursed me for meals and transportation. Like, they really, you might get surprised. It's all, yeah, you just have to ignore the that awkwardness of asking and just go for it. Um, but, yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's still crazy to me that in this economy where where there is like a don't ask for money culture that's just quietly around us um and also i really think this is a little um taboo i guess but i really think slps in the same district should talk to each other about how much they make because then like mm -hmm. i really think we should be more transparent about it because then you will know in your district if you're working at a school or wherever you work, like talk with the other SLPs. And I wish we were more open about how much we're making because then you know how much you should be making and it shouldn't be a secret. But mm -hmm. I know everyone has a little, a different opinion about that. <laughs> no SLP secrets. Yeah, no, I it shouldn't be an issue mm -hmm. if it's, if you, everyone is being paid in an equitable system. Like it shouldn't be an issue right. to talk about how much you're making. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we make it an issue so we can have these, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We can have these like discrepancies and have it slide. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yikes. But anyway, <laughs> I feel like this turned into a, a different kind of conversation but it's okay oh, very good it's great <laughs> um yeah i think and also something else that i think is important to say before we totally stop is 
uh, if you hate your CF, you don't have to stay. <laughs> you you can switch CFs at any point. It doesn't, yes. you know, you and you can switch, you can switch jobs too. Like there are so mm -hmm. many jobs out there right now. There are so many jobs out there. If you are working in your CF and you hate it, you can leave. And if you're working, if you've been working in a job for four years and you feel like, oh, I feel like, I don't know. Sometimes we get this feeling of like, oh, maybe I, I, shouldn't be an SLP because I'm not liking this part of my job mm -hmm. or this thing that I have to do. Like maybe that's just specific to the place where you're working. And if you right. change, like there are SLPs who've changed settings completely, like gone from school to med or med to school or EI or private practice mm -hmm. or done more evals and treatment. Like there are so many changes you can make to your job. And then they're much, mm -hmm. they can be much happier because, um, it doesn't necessarily mean like you uh, shouldn't be an SLP. Maybe you just like shouldn't be working there anymore for some reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think one of the most detrimental things anyone can tell you is like, what if you're complaining about your job or venting about it's like, well, yeah, that really, you know, that's work. That's, that's what working in a school is like, or that's what working in a SNF is like. I think that's, that's just not true. <laughs> Like you could be working at a school and hating it. And someone says, well, you know, every school is like this, but that is so untrue. Like um, you should feel that you can go find other jobs that are also working better for you. Yeah. Your like caseload you yeah. does not need to be over a hundred, but your salary should be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love it. Yes. Hashtag money batch. <laughs> <laughs> um but seriously like yeah you don't you just if you don't like your job there's no there's nothing holding you there like you could find a job that you like <laughs> and it's so much better yeah and I know at least throughout grad school I um kind of pigeonholes myself like oh I need to have this specific like I was saying oh um I need to be the AAC SLP now and like mm -hmm. do this one specific thing but I think it is important to have an open mind and I remember our clinic director saying this about our placements that we'd get throughout grad school like don't be discouraged if you don't get like your number one or number two placement because no matter where you are mm -hmm. you'll get really good experience hopefully and then that might actually inform you in terms of like, oh, I actually do like working with adults or, oh, I do like working in a school or whatever mm -hmm. it is. So same thing goes for jobs, I think. Right. Right. Yeah, I guess that's what's cool about um, being an SLP and actually getting to go into the job field outside of school is one, no one's grading you. So that takes <laughs> the load off. So there's no one to impress, like just do, just do you. Um, but also uh, I was listening to Human Chapters podcast the other day. Shout out to Artie, Human Chapters. Yeah, Artie was taught, I forget who she was talking to, but like um, she said that the SLP field is from the womb to the tomb. So you really, we have such a wide range to pick from. Um, and, you know, we, 
if one day you're like, oh, I feel like I should, let me just look to see what jobs are available. Like just because you've been working in a school doesn't mean you can't start working in a hospital or yeah, you're right, Brie. Like if you've been working with adults, doesn't mean you can try, you can't try working with kids. You can really just switch it up. Yeah. Like maybe you're feeling more tomb than womb now. Just try to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm really looking for more of a dead person job. <laughs> well, that's what uh, pathologist. We work with the dead right. people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, speech language forensic pathologist. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we are hosting Thanksgiving this coming week whoop whoop wow that's a big deal mm -hmm. is Kanan cooking at all he is he Whoa. is cooking period he is cooking doing the cooking um but our our parents are also bringing uh bringing food and things but um nice. yeah we uh I actually just sent this message to our families and I'm kind of excited about it and I hope people do it I saw this thing online I love Priya Parker the author of the art of gathering and she's just all about like creating intentional gathering spaces and I love it and she said she mm -hmm. did this with her family one year for a holiday where she asked everybody to come if they wanted to share come prepared to share one story that nobody there knew about you and it's oh. this way to kind of get out oh. of telling the same stories over and over again. And like, we all have like our classic family stories that we love, but this is like a new way to find connection with each other. And so I sent this message to uh, our our family group thread and I, I hope people do it. So I'm excited about that. Thanks. That sounds like so much fun. Yeah, a fun idea. Yeah. What, what about, about you, Kyla? Too? How, what's the brewing? Oh, I, I mean, Thanksgiving, I'm not hosting. I don't do anything. I just go up onto Philly and chill with some fam. Nice. So yeah, I'm real hype. We, we get Wednesday off too. So I'm really hyped for this two day week. That's, that's coming up mm -hmm. and I'm excited to rest. Awesome. Nice. I, I don't think I really have much going on since the last time we spoke. Yeah. There's nothing really new for me. I am also excited for Thanksgiving break. We only have a day and a half of school. So that's exciting. Um, yeah, so I am ready just to play some games for a day and a half. Oh, yeah. And then peace out to you guys till next Monday. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's a wrap. So that's don't forget to follow us on Instagram. <laughs> coffee tea three slps and email us at info at coffee tea three slps.com and also obviously subscribe to our podcast rate us five out of five and we will see you guys next time bye bye, bye.